Yeah, but have you um, ever really sprained your ankle? <laughs> <laughs> oh, actually, I, I uh, almost did the other day. We were playing uh, parking lot soccer um, <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> after work. <laughs> yep. We had a little little squishy basketball, and we set up a couple benches, and we were just like playing soccer in our parking lot. And uh, I, and uh, it was a non-contact injury, although earlier Chappie tried to uh, trip me. He, he slide-tackled me, and uh, I on, ended up getting a penal- penalty kick, yeah. On the concrete? Um, yeah, turned it into a point, though, so it was worth it. Um, Chappie yeah. is insane. Yeah, you're not allowed to go. Like, that was one of the rules we made. Like, you're not allowed to go to ground when uh, you're playing parking lot soccer. Right. Uh, well, that's, I mean, and, that's, that's kind of an all-the-time rule for everybody that, you know, cares i guess yeah. i guess chappy just doesn't care chappy don't care chappy don't care chappy don't care hi i'm steve and i'm zach and this is fireside swift how's it going zach it's going well how about yourself it's good. It's good. Uh, it's been a nice weekend. It's starting, to, it's starting to turn into summer around here, um, which for us is actual really good weather. Um, <laughs> I would assume in Austin it turns into muggy hell. I was going to say starting to turn into summer. We had a string of 100 plus degree days a month ago. Oh jeez! Yeah, the, <laughs> yeah end we're, of, the end of May we were o- we were over triple digits. Oh, yeah, no, we're yeah. we're starting to get into the mid seventies during the day, um, which is uh, you know an improvement over the the high sixties that we normally get in the uh, spring and winter. <laughs> that sounds so, rough. I don't yeah. understand how you do it. I know it's tough. <laughs> it's really tough. Um, but yeah, it's almost like I mean it's. It is beach weather, but it's like getting to the point where it's like beach weather where it's like really enjoyable to be on the beach. So we actually, uh, uh, some friends of mine, we went out to the beach yesterday and just kind of hung out and looked at the waves. But it was a little too cold to go jumping in the water and then hanging out on the, the sand. So Oh, that, I'm, I feel for you. Yeah. I do. I do. Almost um, there. Almost there. Last year, um, when summer started, I had a penny in... Uh, a little cup holder mm-hmm. in my truck. Mm-hmm. Uh, when fall rolled around, I took the penny out and it had melted into <laughs> a a bowl shape. It was no longer flat. It was a three dimensional shape. The penny itself, or the penny, the penny itself had. So uh, wait, it got, the, the penny melted, but it didn't melt into like didn't melt the cup holder. No, it did not. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So huh. um, it's there's a def, there was a definite bend. It kind of looked like uh, it was kind of like the shape of a contact, is what it hot, reminded me of. Hot enough to melt a penny, but the plastic. What is the plastic in cup holders made out of? That's probably not a question you really want an answer to. Oh, that's, that's probably more impressive than the penny. Uh, <laughs> but I, I have like back. I mean, I grew up in deserts. I used to keep uh, sunglasses in like the glove compartment, or I had a, a Mazda six that. Um, it had this like mini glove compartment on the dash, you know, like right in the middle. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would keep my sunglasses in there. But because that's right where the sun hits, and it got to like 115 often, mm-hmm. you know, in the deserts that I would live in. And uh, yeah, it literally uh, the rubber stuff, uh, you know, for the, the ears uh, melted off. <laughs> that's, 
That's funny. I have a uh, I have a pair of sunglasses that I just bought new ears for. Yeah. Because I'm in the exact same situation. Yeah. So uh, let that be a lesson to everyone. Uh, if you live in a hot location, don't forget to take your sunglasses out of the uh, you know the the areas that get hot in the, the vehicle. It's true. It's true. Or <laughs> you know, spend ten dollars and replace them because I would always forget my sunglasses. So it's yeah. basically a a ten dollar tax on not having to remember things. Well, okay. So thinking about this, like, yeah, that's ten dollar tax for sunglasses. Leave your cell phone in there. Yeah, that's a bigger one. And now you've got like a bulging battery. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's funny is like um, I used to work for DOD and sometimes they would require us to like leave our cell phones out of the building. And so that sometimes meant leaving it in the car. But you know, like be really careful where you left it in the car because it would just melt your phone. <laughs> So, oh god yeah definitely be careful with that yeah um <laughs> fun stuff all right so <laughs> moving on uh normally we do follow up at this point in the show uh but apparently um we didn't say anything of interest at least nothing worth talking about uh last week because uh, there really didn't seem to be that many uh discussions on twitter or anything about what we we're talking <laughs> about or we nailed it did we nail it i think we nailed it we nailed it. All right, cool. Mm-hmm. Moving on. Um, I finally listened to the uh, the Swift Coders episode where uh, you, Garrick, uh, E-Man, and Stephen Sherry all got together and talked about Dub Dub, so that was fun. Did you like it? I did. I really liked it. I thought it was really well done. Uh, Garrick, uh, wow, talk about wrangling cats. Um, I'm <laughs> amazed at how well he kept you all in line. Um, I think that's part of like the... A, I'm sad I couldn't do that. That was uh, that was that hit me. That got recorded on a very busy weekend for me, <laughs> um, and we talked about that before. Yep. But um, but it you know it made me feel really sad because like man, I wouldn't have let him control you guys like that. I would have made uh, snarky comments left and right all throughout that episode. So you guys were way too polite to him. I um, think you just got yourself uninvited from the next round. I know, right? <laughs> That's the challenge. Like, I want to see if I get invited to the next one now. Uh, you know, you're not supposed to say that kind of stuff beforehand. <laughs> uh, Garrick knows what he's getting into. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so a few things. Uh, you know, uh, how, how does how am I the only one in the, the team that, that has a HomePod? Um, none of you have a HomePod, and it's awesome, and I use it every day. Um, in fact, I, I literally just control my lights from the HomePod now. Um, <laughs> so that's, that's a thing. So y'all suck on that, that aspect. I'm um, fine sucking on that ex- aspect. <laughs> no one mentioned AltConf. It wasn't or layers. about AltConf. No, no about well, layers. I mean, it is though. It's, it is no, like, that's, that's, not. that's part of the WWDC culture is like all the other conferences that are around WWDC. You don't have to go to WWDC. You could go to all, like literally AltConf is free. So yeah. like if you, if you just want to go to San Francisco and hang out with the, the, the people there and get something out of WWDC, AltConf is one of the best. In fact, I could argue that AltConf is better than WWDC because you're, instead of hearing, uh, you know, everything from one voice, one perspective, which is Apple's perspective, with AltConf, you're hearing it from the industry. You're getting it from everyone else that that uses the Apple uh, software. And so it's like, you're getting better practices from those guys, because that's how, like these are people who made successful businesses doing what we want to do. And how do they use Apple software to do that? 
Um, Here, here's the thing, Mr. Berard. <laughs> uh, what you're saying is true. Um, this this was specifically about WWDC. So we covered WWDC. WWDC. It it has nothing. It 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 neither uh it, it neither lifts WWDC up above all of the other conferences or takes anything away from the other conferences. I see. That's where I would disagree. I think it does lift WWDC above other conferences because of these options. Um, the fact that you don't have to go to w, WWDC doesn't mean you go to the one conference. In fact, a lot of people. Last year, when uh, when Garrick was at DubDub um, and I was at AllConf, he came and went to some of our sessions at AllConf in between sessions that he was going to for DubDub. That's part of DubDub. Um, one day I was hungry and he brought me some of the food from DubDub. So I actually got to taste the food from DubDub. Uh, uh, you know, that that's that's part of it. Uh, and so I, I, I was sad that none of you even brought that up. Um, so... Yeah. Anyways, that's well, what I would. Yeah, that's what I would have said uh, during that. Uh, that episode. well, if if you hadn't been uninvited from the next roundtable, you could have spoken about I it. I could then, have. Yeah. But I I think I'm getting I'm getting a message from Garrick right now. Um, yeah, he's somehow hacked into your phone and he's he's telling me to tell you that you are no longer invited. <laughs> okay. I mean it, that does save me time, and I, you know at the very least I could tell the fireside listeners not to. Uh, to, you know, to take the rest of you guys with a grain of grain of salt, and uh, yeah, and I have to listen to yeah. it again. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that's all I wanted to say about that. I'm, I'm you done. had you had your shot. You had your shot. Yeah. <laughs> now, all if right. only if only uh, there had been some way for you to be notified. Um, yeah, um, of what we were speaking about, and, and then I could have had, alerted you. I could have alerted you about what I wanted to say, right? And you could have taken some action, maybe taking control of that, taking no, control I would never of the situation. I, would never I definitely would want to take control of the situation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we know you want to, but it, you, there'd be some other action taken on top of it. Yeah, there would definitely be some actions taken on that. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, <laughs> what we're trying to get at is if we had something like a UI alert controller, um, you know, maybe like like in, in social situations like this, uh, maybe our lives would have been better. Right, Zach? Oh, that would be amazing to have have an actual real life alert controller. Like, Actually, doesn't that s- kind of doesn't that kind of exist though? What What are you saying? It is like a text message or something would be. <laughs> no, 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 I'm saying like if you're standing there. If you're standing there uh, speaking to a group of people and you're about to do something, just have a, a pop-up come up and say, <laughs> I, you're about to blah, blah, blah. Are you sure you want to? Yeah, you're about to put your foot in your mouth. Uh, Are you sure you want to do that? I could I could have used that many yeah. times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, what, what, so, Zach, what is a UI alert controller? It is the class that's used to configure alerts and action sheets. Yeah. Um, so you yeah. So what what is an alert as opposed to an action sheet? I actually don't know. I thought they were kind oh, okay. of synonymous. Oh no, no, they're different. Okay, um, well well yeah. please let me know. So alerts are those little white boxes that you see you see them all the time. Um, mm-hmm. like usually for error messages, but sometimes to inform you about something you're about to do or should do, you know, something like that. And you could customize this so it could look a little different, but oftentimes they look the same. And uh, the little little semi rectangular round or rounded wrecks um, mm-hmm. that show up in the middle of the uh, the UI on right. iOS. 
Uh, an action sheet is different. So the oh, action wait, sheet is when that, it pops up from the bottom. Okay, yeah. So, and those usually don't have messages associated with them, do they? Correct. Or, I mean, they can. Okay. They 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 have a title on the top, um, right. like you know, choose something. But sometimes that's blank. Right. Um, and then you scroll through, or you know, there maybe there's like four buttons or five buttons. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there's all different kinds of you know date pickers, um, you know, number pickers. Uh, Things like that, uh, and you know, once you select that, that goes into the you know whatever it's, it needs to do. Um, but uh, yeah, so that's uh, that's really uh, UI alert controller can do both of those things in okay. one little nice package. So how do you make the decision on which one, like whether you use an alert or an action sheet? So that's uh, that's a really interesting question, and uh, you know that's. <laughs> I was thinking we'd go through and describe this before we talked about those meta questions, but uh, if you want me to dive into that now, we can. Oh, we can we can handle this however you'd like. I mean, uh, you didn't get you didn't get to say what you wanted to during the roundtable. Correct. I, I'll yeah. let you have control now. You can. <laughs> I'll, I'll give it back. I mean, to you, you now. got mad at me one time when I skipped through notes. Although I think this one's I'm not skipping because you didn't even ask that question in the notes. So maybe it's fine to do it right now. Sometimes, sometimes I just think of these things on the fly. So I think that that's, that's a really interesting question. Um, is it a good idea to put a little rounded rect in the middle of the screen or to have something pop up from the bottom? In both cases, they are they, they absorb attention, right? Like mm-hmm. in both cases, they will be uh, they'll take the um, the focus of the screen. You can't do anything else but answer that question. Uh, so why would you use an alert? Uh, sorry. Um, use uh, the action sheet as opposed to an alert. Um, I think in general, if you have fewer options, you want to use alerts. Uh, if you've got a more complex set of options, maybe you know more than two or three at most uh, uh, options to choose from, that's when you go with the action sheet. I got gotcha. you. Do you so think it's do you think it's defined anywhere in the human interface guidelines? I'm sure it is, but <laughs> to be honest, I don't I don't read through those often. Oh no, I don't I don't either. And I also think the title yeah. of it it's hilarious. Like, could you sound more robotic? Seriously, uh, I'm, I'm sure it is talked about there, uh, and there is something to be said about that because um, you know, how, actually, you know what? I don't think uh, an action sheet has a body. I'm. Mm, I'd have to double check that. I definitely has a title, but I don't know if it has a body. Because when you have an alert, um, you've got a title, you've got a message body, and if it's long enough, it'll actually scroll. So you can actually oh, scroll wow. through. Not a good idea. You want yeah, to keep no, your messages. Because most people won't even think to scroll it, but it can. Um, and then uh, if you have one button, it's it covers the whole bottom uh, horizontal of the uh, the rect. If you have two, it'll split that in two. As soon as you go to three or more buttons, it will actually stack them on top of each other. Mm-hmm. So you can see, like after a while, that gets <laughs> ridiculous. Um, and so that's when you would want to definitely go to the action sheet because okay. it actually it's designed to be stacked on top of each right. other and designed to scroll better and look nicer. Uh, so that's what I would recommend. Okay, I like it. That that sounds. Uh, you know, thinking back on it, that kind of sounds like how I see most of those alerts mm-hmm. or action sheets. Yeah. Like, if you want to use a picker at all, I mean, you would put that in an action sheet. You wouldn't <laughs> put that in an alert. That would be so weird. That would be awkward. Yeah. Yeah. 
All right. So let's uh, so let's really go back to de- the beginning. Let's, yeah, let's go back to the beginning and really deconstruct uh, UI Alert Controller. Sure. So the first thing you'll want to do is create one, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's got uh, an init function. That, or you know, it's yeah, it's an init function. So you'll it'll take in a title, a message, and a preferred style. And mm-hmm. if you want to do an alert, you're going to use dot alert. Yep. And then I, I think it's dot sheet for action sheet, or is it dot action sheet? I don't remember. I do not know. I think it's dot sheet. I want to say I saw I that somewhere. I think it's dot sheet. We don't have it in the notes, but I'm pretty sure it's. You know, and that's one of the cool things about Swift too. At least uh, when Xcode's working, um, you hit dot, and it'll show you all the options, um, mm-hmm. and it should show you the two options: dot alert and dot whatever for action sheet. Yeah, yeah, and so uh, you have your title and your message. So. What is the difference between title and message? So title goes on the very top and is in bold, and message is not in bold and is below the title. Perfect. Um, yeah, so it's like the body. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, and um, so then you can create any actions you want associated with that alert controller. And mm-hmm. you do this uh, by creating UI alert actions. And yeah. so uh, you know, you'll create a UI alert action with a title, um, a style and a handler. So it's interesting about this is if you don't add an alert action, like you would get an alert dialog without a button. So well, wouldn't, you wouldn't get cancel or okay? Or? No, you have to add those. Really? You have to, you have to add your okay and cancel buttons. That's uh, crazy. So, yeah, so it's an interesting thing about like if you just throw up an alert, you know, there's no way to get out of it. Um, yeah. So, so you're you basically trap your user. You can, at yeah. The, this at is, that alert, okay. So that's something to be really watchful here. Is when you throw this alert on the screen, make sure there's a way to get out of it. That's <laughs> <laughs> really important. Hopefully, you would find that in testing. That's, uh, a, yo, that's a pretty yeah. glaring. Yeah, but if you like th- like create an alert for an error. You know, an error message for yourself. You're like, oh, and it's like an error message that you never right. really see that often. It's like a hard edge case to get to. Yeah, just make sure there's like an OK button to like close it. For sure. That's yeah. crazy that there isn't just a default, you know, button that dismisses that view. Yeah. And, you know, Android has this too. Um, I think it's called an alert dialog uh, for Android. And the way Android handles it is if you tap anywhere outside of the dialog, it will just close it. Mm-hmm. We don't have that in iOS. You tap anywhere outside of the dial or the uh, the alert controller, um, it doesn't do anything. Uh, and so that's a, just a, that's an interesting style choice between the two operating systems. And uh, I kind of like the way iOS does it, although you can make Android do the same thing. Uh, but with iOS, it's you are forced to deal with the alert controller that's on the screen. Like the wow. user is forced to deal with it. Uh, but that does potentially put your app in a position of not crashing, but getting <laughs> stuck somewhere. So it feels like it crashed. Right. It's it's just unresponsive, basically. Yeah. Man. Yeah. So after after you've created an action, you need to make sure you add it to your alert. Um, yeah, using so, the, the add action function, which, you know, if you create your action and never add it, then you end up in Steve's scenario. Yeah. And, and, and to let's quickly dive into some of the things you can do with actions. 
so the alert action has a title, so that's just a string. Uh, you you know whatever you want seen on the button, okay, cancel, whatever, mm-hmm. uh, save. You know is another common one. And then you choose a style. There's three styles to choose from: default, destructive, and cancel. And really, they just are the different, um, like how Apple has decided, this would probably be the part of the human interface guidelines, right? Like, you know, they have decided this is what a cancel button should look like. It should always look like this. Mm -hmm. This is what a destructive button should look like. It should always look like this. And this is what a a default button should look like and always, you know, in in the future. So it's basically just the UI of the button and doesn't actually, Mm -hmm. uh, doesn't actually tell you or define what that button does correct does not do that doesn't have anything to do with what the button actually does so you could actually you know make cancel destructive but you're going to confuse people so don't do that um yeah and so that's typically what i do like if i have a cancel button or a no or something like that that i just want to make it you know and the only thing it does is makes the dialogue go away the style i use is dot cancel um if I have an OK button and something that just like continues the process, does what the dialogue is supposed to do, I use the default style. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes when you continue, it does something that you know, I want to warn you or really make it pop that what you're doing is dangerous. Uh, maybe you're deleting something or, or whatnot, and then I'll use the destructive. Uh, and to, to kind of describe to you what, what they, the styles are, uh, the dot cancel is bold blue text. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's you know that's cancel. For default, it is just blue text, and then destructive is red text. So it's thin red font for uh, destructive, thin blue font for default, and a bold blue font for cancel. Okay, yeah, that, those all sound very familiar. <laughs> yeah, you've seen um, them. You just yeah, yeah. and it's kind of interesting when you actually add this uh, to your to your app, it it uh, it comes out, uh, you know, like you just you, <laughs> you realize that you've seen that before, and it's it's very familiar, <laughs> which is kind of neat. Yeah, uh, I love it whenever I I create something and it feels uh, professional and polished because mm-hmm. I've seen it in other apps before um, without realizing that it's literally, you know, calling dot default or dot destructive. Yeah, for the style. Yeah. Uh, and then the, the last thing is the completion handler. And this is, uh, you know, what you were talking about, Zach, what the button does. Mm-hmm. So um, you don't have to put anything here if it's just closing the dialogue. So like a cancel button, you could actually leave the handler as nil. Um, you know, so don't actually have a handler at all. Mm-hmm. But if you want to continue to do something after that button is pu- uh, pressed, you know, run some code, that's when you would put that in this this handler here. Okay. That's that's a convenient place for it. <laughs> yeah, and that's what makes this all really easy. Yeah. And then uh, and then exactly what you said, if you forget to add it though, <laughs> it doesn't, <laughs> doesn't do a whole lot of good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the Fun thing is you can actually um, kind of combine those two steps. So you can say action and then define your action inside the parentheses and, and kind of uh, keep all of that together. Yeah, that's that actually, you, that's what I do. Right, that way you don't forget to add the action you created, you know, five lines up. Yeah, 
I do forget something further down on the list, but um, I'll, le- I'll let us get to that, and I'll, I'll explain what I forget almost Ooh. every single time that I do uh, an alert controller. I cannot wait to hear what that is. It's very similar to forgetting to put add action. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, so, you know, your UI alert controller, it has two attributes and one function that are associated with activities. Um, it has an array of UI alert actions and, you know, inside your alert controller, that's called actions, which makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, it also has a preferred action, Hmm. which is an optional UI alert action. And this is the preferred action for the user to take from the alert. Oh, that's it. You know, I never actually use that. What does that, you know, what does that actually do? I'm not sure. I don't know if it like styles it differently. Like if, if it hmm. takes precedence inside of, uh, you know, when the alert mm-hmm. comes up, if if there's some sort of ordering um, yeah. that happens, and this this puts your preferred action, you know, front and center because that is the action you want the user to take. Yeah. Now, do you put it also like do you put it in the action array as well as? So preferred action? your your preferred action has to exist inside the action array. Okay. Yeah. If it if it doesn't exist in your uh, action array, then I believe your app crashes. Okay. No, that makes sense. Um, yeah. Yeah. So if if okay, I'm, I'm remembering now. So if you specify the preferred action, uh, the alert controller will highlight the text of that action. Highlight highlight in what way? Do you know? Uh, bold and blue, I believe. Maybe bolder and blue than cancel. <laughs> Possibly. Or, <laughs> All right. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll have, have to, to try that. Yeah, that's something that I've actually never used. I, I've just always throw my actions, uh, you know, by adding them, you know, mm-hmm. on the into the array, and uh, yeah, never tried using a preferred action. I wonder if oh. that uh, makes a difference. So this is directly from the documentation. Because okay. uh, you asked about adding it, or you know, does it have to exist in your actions array? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, assigning an object to this property before adding it with the add action method is a programmer error. <laughs> so if you and they they directly call us out in it. So if it doesn't exist in the uh, array of actions before you denote it as the preferred action, according to Apple, it's your fault. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's a programmer yeah. error. You made a mistake. Yes. <laughs> we didn't pulling, make a mistake. You made a mistake. They are pulling no punches. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. Okay. Um, and so, and of course, the function we've already spoken about, it's the add action. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, it looks like you got some more notes about preferred action. Um, or did we talk about all that? Oh, yeah. We, we, we kind of, we covered it. Oh, cool. All right. Yep. <laughs> nice. Um, I know. We're being really efficient. This, yeah, this we're episode. we're I don't plowing know through on. this. Yeah, no, that's good. Yeah, <laughs> but this, this is this is really uh, an important thing to understand. Like, if you haven't worked with uh, you know alert controllers before, uh, these can make your life really easy, and they are one of those things that um, users of iOS are very very familiar with, and so it's important to. Uh, you know, show users what they're familiar with, and uh, oh gosh, I, I just love that Apple made it so easy to actually implement this. Uh, but if you don't know about it and you're trying to make like custom alerts and everything, it could make your life a living hell. So, 
Which is something we may get to in a little bit. Okay. <laughs> Let's do that. Uh, so now, now we've kind of talked about UI alert actions, but we haven't really dug into what they are. Okay. Um, so your alert action will have three attributes, a title, a style, and is enabled. And is enabled is a Boolean value, which will indicate whether the action is currently enabled or not. So I guess, um, you know, if, if you have an alert action that has an array of actions inside of it, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, one of those actions is only possible for a certain state, you know, like if your app isn't in this state, then you don't want the user to take this action. Mm-hmm. So it's basically a toggle, right? Yeah. Like you can, you can turn it off and on yeah. uh, in, within the code itself. So I've actually done this for um, like a- typing in a pin code. So mm-hmm. one of the things you can add to uh, an alert controller is a uh, UI text field. And so once you have that text field there, um, I've actually made it, like it, it took a little bit of, of doing, but I added a password field. And then um, like you need to type in like a four digit pin for that case. I had to you know have the delegates and listen to this, this uh, you know, when people would type in uh, into the, the, the text field, you know, listen to it and make sure that's the right pin and all that. But I didn't want them to hit the okay button until the four digit pin was, you know, actually mm-hmm. there uh so you can try it actually uh, now i'm thinking about it i think i actually like did it automatically but i know i've done this where you had to like let's say it's an email address like you're typing in the email address but it's not going to show you the continue button until well, it'll show you the continue button but it'll be grayed out and you can't actually like hit it until uh you've actually typed in a valid email address mm-hmm. so I've done that there too. And so okay. once it actually meets that condition, you go back to that alert action and you say, all right, you know, is enabled is true. And it becomes, uh, you know, it goes from semi-transparent to, uh, you know, fully opaque. So it doesn't, it doesn't take the action away from the alert. It just um, signifies to the user that you can't actually interact with it. Correct. So you could actually... Uh, speaking of you know that scenario earlier where you trap your user, you could actually remember to <laughs> add the action but never enable it. Uh, it's it, by default is enabled. No, I know, but if you if you disable it, <laughs> if you and disable then never it, yeah. enable it again, then yeah. you end up uh, basically in the same place even though you added your action. Yeah, yeah, you can do that. <laughs> Except that'd be frustrating. That's going to be even more frustrating because the button's there, you just can't do anything. Yeah, you can't do anything. <laughs> I see it. I can't. <laughs> you really want to irritate your users. That's the way to do it. It's a great way to do it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so the init method of the UI alert action, I think, is pretty interesting. So, you know, you've got your your parameters, your title, your style, and your handler. Um the title and the style are kind of self-explanatory. The handler is interesting, though, uh, because its uh, type is, you know, a function of UI alert action that returns void that's optional. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it says equals nil. And this kind of threw me because I hadn't really seen this before. Yeah. I, and I, yeah, that... It doesn't surprise me you haven't seen it before. It's not super common, although I think it's pretty common in in apps uh, or apps Apple's completion handlers. <laughs> um, it, you know, I've seen this before. We use this all the time in our in the code where I work, 
but uh, basically you can actually provide a default value in the signature of a function. So mm -hmm. the signature of the function is, you know, the, the name of the function with all the parameters is what you type in uh, when you're creating a function at the very top of the, the function. Right. I don't know, closure <laughs> thing, whatever that's <laughs> called, the function. Um, yep. The signature. Um, anyways, uh, if you put, uh, you can actually put default values for some of your parameters. Um, and I don't know all of the different rules with that, uh, but uh, I think in Swift it's pretty pretty loose. That, yeah, but I, I think sometimes sometimes you can't um, because it, there's some ways there's there's maybe you have to name all, all of them if you really want to do all of them have default parameters. But there's there are certain reasons why you can't do this. But definitely if it's the only handler in there that is of type UI alert action returning void as an optional then you could set that as a, a default action. But if you had two of those, then mm -hmm. you might have issues with that. Okay. But there's only one completion handler, so you can say, yep, you know, if they don't even put a value at the end. So they only, so if I created a UI alert action and I have a string and the next thing I, I do a comma and then I do a dot and I do alert and then I close my parentheses, that would be enough to initialize the UI alert action. Okay, so it's just convenience. It's it's convenience. It's cleaning up the code, mm -hmm. um, and it, it's funny. Is like as far as convenience goes, I actually didn't realize that UI alert action has this, even though <laughs> I oftentimes set the uh, well, pretty much every cancel button I have, um, I don't have a completion handler, so I just want the alert, uh, you know, controller to close. So. Uh, yeah, I actually never realized that it could do this. So this would clean up my code a little bit uh, so I don't have to have the comma handler colon nil. <laughs> so it yeah. gets rid of that little part. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, so it's, well, I guess what I'm saying is it's, it's not convenient because you actually have to know it's there and like it's not going to be the first thing on the, the autocomplete necessarily. Uh, but uh, it does pretty up your code a little bit. So that's kind of nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all, all for pretty code. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I wouldn't say that I'm all for pretty code. I actually think uh, like some ugly code is good as long as it makes it more readable. Because uh, there's some pretty code that's you, you don't understand what's going on. <laughs> yeah, well, see, I when I say pretty code, I mean code you understand. Like, yeah, that's that's <laughs> part of being pretty to me. Like, it doesn't need to all be, you know this very tight one line piece of code where, you know, you have question marks and dollar signs and yep. whatnot. Uh, pretty code to me is, is elegant, right? One line yeah. of code where it, you've condensed it down into nothingness. Isn't elegant to me. It actually adds more overhead. Yeah. <laughs> so as, as, as long as the, the prettification makes it more understandable, mm -hmm. which I think this does where, yes. There's no handler written. There's no there's no completion handler. Like yep. that makes it pretty obvious to me. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Yeah, it's hard to get any more clear than that. This does not exist. Therefore, yeah. this does not exist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. So how how do you actually show these uh, alert controllers to the user? So um, they're displayed modally over your app, right? So they come up and they kind of take control of your screen, which is what you were referencing at the beginning. Yeah, and more specifically, you actually, like a UI alert controller is 
a view controller. Like it's a subclass of view controller. So you actually have to tell it to appear on the screen. So uh, from your, in, you know, the view controller that you're using to create this alert controller, you have to actually call present alert controller, <laughs> you know, <laughs> animation true or false, you know, depending on how you want it to show up. Usually true, right? You want it to look nice. Mm -hmm. um, and then you have a completion handler there too. Um, and this Zach is where I usually forget to do. Um, oh, like I, so <laughs> you you create so, you create your controller, you create all your actions, you go through all of the work, and then you never show it. Yeah, so I will oftentimes forget to present it, and I go, <laughs> I do the thing that's supposed to show the alert controller, and it doesn't show up. I'm like, oh, what did I? Oh, I forgot to present it again, <laughs> and I like recompile the code after typing present, and oh, it's a pain. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so that's that's my most common error. And, and part of that is because when I add actions, I almost always create the new action object within the add action mm -hmm. um, function. Right. Uh, so, so yeah, th this is the one thing I forget is that after I've created my alert and done all the things and figured out all my logic that I want to do, I'll forget to present it. Oh, that's, that's unfortunate. But at least yeah. it's, that's easy to fix. Yeah. It's yeah, very, it's pretty easy to fix. very apparent and easy to fix. Yeah. Uh, something that I think is interesting about UI alert controller is that uh, even though it's a class, it doesn't support subclassing. That's and, interesting. Right? Uh, so I guess it's all it's all final. Yeah, that's um, something you can do. Uh, it's not super common, but uh, yeah, that's interesting that Apple locks that down. I guess they want, you know, a unified look throughout mm -hmm. every app in existence ever. Which is actually really convenient for us developers. Like if we were required to make our own custom alerts for every app that we make, like that's just an extra headache to think about. It's true, it's but- kind of nice we don't have to do that. If you want to do it, you can, like I did for QuizPal. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so with QuizPal, did you just like make a, uh, a view controller that, mm -hmm. um, yep. just, and then you just presented it modally. Exactly. Okay. That that's all it was. Um, I didn't really like the way the, you know, built-in Apple alerts and action sheets looked with mm -hmm. with everything. I thought they were a little too harsh. Um, <laughs> well, it was like you know a glaring white, right? And and it's the my app was a little darker. Gotcha. Uh, maybe they'll have dark mode alert controllers i don't know maybe uh, maybe anyway so I, I wanted something that that looked a little nicer and so i just mm -hmm. created my own um it's really it's a view controller that has one view in it um mm -hmm. with a text field and two to three buttons mm -hmm. um and i know that extending those actions would be more difficult than it would be with a built-in alert controller mm -hmm. uh but I do get a little more fine-grained control over it. As far as, like, yeah. I can kind of, I can decide how it's presented, right? Like, do yeah. I want it to fade in, fade out? Uh, mm -hmm. I can slide in from a different way. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was a nice experience just kind of building my own. Would, yeah. I, would I do it again? Maybe, possibly. Um, I would probably end up using the UI alert controllers more in the future. But that being said, it's not it's not exactly hard to build yeah. your own custom custom alerts. Yeah, I think it's very situational. Um, my the first app that I put on the App Store, um, 
was very themed and it was themed to um it was, it was for a particular video game. It was a companion. Don't say it. Don't say it. I'm not, not going to say it. You'll have Microsoft $5. <laughs> yeah, right? Don't say it. Um, so uh, it was, again, very, very themed. And so I wanted my alert, you know, alerts to be uh, themed as well. Mm-hmm. So I did the same thing. I did the exact same thing. I was a, just presented it modally. Um, and it, was, it looked great. Like, it was fantastic. I spent way more time on it <laughs> than just creating an alert controller. That's true. Um, That's true. And actually, back then, it was UI alert view. And so it was, like, a little different. Mm-hmm. Uh, alert controller is a lot nicer now. Yeah. Um, these days, I try... I, I really do my hardest to uh, just use the UI alert controller because it saves me so much time. Uh, mm-hmm. And then if... All else fails if for some reason the alert controller either looks way too generic or uh, just does not work for what we're trying to do. That's when I will, you know, design something new. But I really try to avoid that as much as possible because, you know, the alert controller is actually pretty good. Exactly. Why go through the extra work? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yep, I get that. Yeah. So I, I think that's about all I have to say about mm-hmm. UI alert controllers. Do you have anything you want to add, Zach? I'm done. You're done. You just done. you're spent spent on that. Uh, right. Honestly, I'm spent on a lot of there's things right nothing, now. Honestly, <laughs> nothing else to say about it. Just yeah, don't. There's nothing else left to say. Yeah. Yeah. It's, we've we've covered it all. Twitter, let me know what we didn't cover. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. That's that's a good point. Like if we uh, we missed something, please let us know. Uh, or if we just nailed it again, just uh, yeah, don't talk to us. Don't uh, say anything great. at all. Don't say anything. Uh, <laughs> 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 that's awesome. All right. So uh, do we have any shout outs, Zach? Yes, I would love to shout out the Weird Swift group here in Austin. I finally oh, yeah. made it to a meetup. My yeah, good. yeah. Tell me how that went. So it was it was awesome. Um, it's a peer lab, right? So everybody gets together and kind of works on you know whatever they're working on. You just have many discussions, and mm-hmm. uh, so this isn't like your meetup where everybody goes in. There's one topic and there's a presentation over it, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's more like a group of friends getting together and just kind of hanging out and coding, which I love. Um, yeah, it reminded me of in high school. I would get together with uh, four or five of my friends and we would go to a coffee shop and just study and do homework and write our papers. So it was kind of, it felt a lot like that, the camaraderie, you know, everybody's kind of focused on the same thing, uh, but not necessarily doing the same thing. Um, Yeah. Raghav has been leading some peer groups here and uh, those are fun. Uh, I will say that I I never get a chance to actually work on my own projects because a lot of people ask me (laughs) questions and I'm easily distracted. So, (laughs) yeah. So one thing I want to, I want to say is, um, one of the guys who showed up was, uh, Nathan Gitter. He's the guy who made Rainbrow. You know that? Oh, really? Yes. Yeah. So he's, he's local to Austin. And so he sat down and he goes, does anybody know where where I can find a newspaper? And we all kind of look up and we're like, news paper like why why would you want to actually touch paper when reading the news like that you don't need that anymore uh and he explained that he had an idea for an app using uh the new ar2 uh-huh, uh-huh. and uh you know he wanted to animate the pictures on the page kind of like harry potter style and um you know we talked about it for a little uh-huh. bit i woke up on saturday there was a tweet he had already written he found a newspaper which i think was the hardest part for him because this uh, dude is sharp. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he wrote his app and had it 
basically up and running on Saturday. And if you go and look at my Twitter feed, um, you can see what it looks like. It's amazing. Yeah. You know, you're yeah. looking at the newspaper through the phone and say, uh, you know, the World Cup's going on. So, yep. you know, there's a headline about the World Cup. Well, it plays a clip that that picture was taken from. So, okay, so I saw this. I, I, I don't know when you posted it, maybe today or yesterday. I, mm-hmm. I saw your thing, and I was like, whoa. And immediately I was thinking, like, how is he getting the video <laughs> for those pictures? And so that's where my mind went. Like, mm-hmm. hey, I mean, it's really cool, like, that, you know, he, he's already working with ARKit uh, to, the, you know, the new ver- you know, the new yep. stuff we got for ARKit. So it could actually, like, map onto the image that's really, really, really good. Yes. Um, but my, I was like, but Apple's providing us tools for that. Like, that's mm-hmm. solvable in the, right. you know, what Apple's given us. How did he get the videos? Like, how does he know which video to put where? It, <laughs> so will it will it he, only work with the three videos that he had, or three or four videos that he had? I I don't believe so. He he gave us a rundown of what his idea was on Thursday, and it sounds uh-huh. like it would be kind of global uh, for what he needed. Um, I don't really want to go too far into it because I don't know yeah. what what his oh, secret sauce is. Yeah, because he's probably going to release it on the App Store, and that's right. that's going to be awesome. Right. Yeah. So I'm 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 not going to you know touch it. Yeah, um, yeah. Just say that you know he he had an amazing idea that it's one of those ideas where I'm like I wish I had thought of that. I I mean, you got time like you got till <laughs> September. True, true. <laughs> you could so, you could re, re, uh, both release competing products. I, uh, I, I, Harry I Potter newspapers would not do that to him. He is. <laughs> I mean, you know what? It didn't. It doesn't even matter. Whatever I released would not come close to to what he's done. <laughs> and I mean, he was able to to knock that out in uh, probably about. 24 hours that's pretty awesome uh yeah i'm i concede <laughs> yeah yeah i i'm i'm i've got so many questions for him um yeah definitely check that out on zach's feed um that was a, a really really cool video that he's got on there um you know good demo of of what you can do with the new ar stuff it's incredible so, yeah very very cool mm-hmm uh, anything else about uh, the meetup, man? Like now, I want to go to the Austin meetups. <laughs> Come on, yeah. Come on. The, the The only downside is uh, the meetup takes place about an hour away from my house, hmm. which is yeah, a that's... little rough. But you know, it's I'm gonna try to get there once a month. Um, once a month, I can yeah. I can make that drive. Um, but man, that first one, it just it made me want to go even more, right? Yeah. So yeah. Well, we get yeah. We have people who travel from multiple hours away to our meetups. And that, that blows me away because sometimes like Garrick will do his meetups downtown and that's like 45 minutes to an hour away. And I'm like, after work, I, I don't, I don't want to go that far. I know. <laughs> I, know. I, I feel like such an old man. I'm like, eh, yeah. but I could just stay at home. <laughs> I know. <laughs> which isn't, it, well, which isn't yeah. good, right? Like it's, no, it's I not. Yeah. Well, for me, I'm like, I, well, I'm just going to do a meetup at home. Like, <laughs> so we just do the meetup at the office. Ooh, like, like Virtual I, meetup. Yeah. There you go. Virtual um, meetup. Shared shared experiences there, uh, exactly. but uh, yeah. So, but I'm super grateful for those who do make the trip out because I know how hard that is, and uh, you know, good on you. So, yep. good for you, Zach. Like, uh, you know, finally getting out to meetups. I mean, <laughs> how long did it take me uh, to, to badger you on that? Well, I, I had been to meetups before, but my I I just go less often. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm gonna try to get a little bit better about staying consistent. Yeah. Uh, did uh, how did your business cards work out with that? Have not received them yet. 
Mm. Supposed to get them sometime this week. And that's okay. the other thing that I was like, shipping is this much and it's going to take two weeks to get here? <laughs> I expect a full review when you get those. Oh, uh, I mean, I'm sure they're going to be you know, rectangular in shape. <laughs> <laughs> well, in speaking of reviews, uh, we did get another five-star review. That's right. Ken Schwabenton. I'm I, hoping I spelled. I I'm really that glad you took that on because I wasn't gonna even try to touch the last. You name. know, you know, <laughs> I'm. Like you know, I'm perfectly fine just. I know, just rolling I with it. So happy that you are. Uh, uh, but thank you, Ken. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's awesome. Uh, sounds like uh, you know you're you're making progress for programming. Uh, mm-hmm. I I know sometimes it feels like you're beating your head against a wall, but. Uh, you know, hopefully breaking through that wall with your head, uh, you know, <laughs> makes uh, makes it all worth it. Exactly. And it feels great on the other side. And there are so many more walls ahead of us. <laughs> Is that a good thing or a bad thing? I I think it's a good thing. Because Just don't give I, yourself a concussion. I like the challenges. That's true. Yeah, me too. Me too. Wear, wear a helmet, which, you know, wear won't do helmet. too much. <laughs> yeah. Just dampen, dampen the shock a little bit. Yeah, just a little bit. Um do we have anything to talk about in the Swift Coders Network? Um, nothing new from Swift Coders or SwiftCraft. Uh, Stephen Sherry, so Learn Swift, had uh, David Kopeck on. He's the author of Classic Computer Science Problems in Swift. Mm, that's so that, nice. That was an interesting talk. Um, I also realized this week that, you know, we always say, oh, this is the <coughs> this is uh, Learn Swift's latest episode, but by the time people hear our episode... Steven has already released another episode. No, that's fine. So we're always we're always going to be one behind whatever he says. Everybody's listening to us before they listen to Steven anyways, so, you know. He yeah. releases on like Tuesday though, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah they, so they, they won't. They, they only listen days? they only listen to it after we say there's an episode. Like that's uh, we all know that. That makes so yeah. much more sense yeah. now. Yeah. yeah. I was wondering how he was doing that. Okay. That's how that works. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody has it auto downloading. No, no, they have to be. They have to be reminded every week that that exists because of us. All right. Well, so there's going to be a new episode of Learn Swift that we don't know about. But um, we'll tell you about next week. We'll tell you about it next week, though. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think uh, that's that about does it, right, Zach? That's it for me. All right. Well, thank you all for coming out. And uh, oh, wait, wait, wait. That is not it. What? Nobody knows how to get a hold of us because we didn't say it. This, this is just like the thing. we have we have to say it every single week, otherwise no one will know how to talk to us. That's true, and that would be yeah. a shame. Yeah. So how do we no get a hold of you, Zach? If no one talks to us, then we think we nailed it. So maybe we That's shouldn't. Maybe we shouldn't give out our information. Oh, good point. Good point. <laughs> All right. I am on Twitter. My handle is at zfalgu1. That is Z F as in Frank A L G O U T and the number one. How about yourself, Steve? And I'm at S.W. Berard. That's B as in boy, E-R-A-R-D as in dog. And our show is Fireside underscore Swift. Yeah, so I really want, uh, you know, I I don't know if we're popular enough to to get this, but if anybody wants to make us a really cool after show song like they have for ATP that that has our Twitter handles in it... um, (laughs) Man, I'd love to not have to see that because I, I do forget <laughs> that we were yeah. supposed to do that. I can just throw the song in right now. Don't have to worry about it. That'd be great. <laughs> exactly. <sighs> yeah. Anyways, thank you all for coming out, and we'll see you next week. Y'all have a good one.
It was either going to be that or um, Han Solo's blaster selling at auction. Did you hear that story? No, I did not hear the story. Sold for... Okay, if you were going to buy an authentic blaster... Don't look! I hear you typing. Uh, uh, Stop! Uh, all right. Uh, no, no, no. You have to guess. It's the sixth, fifth, fifth on the list for Google suggestions. Okay, it's uh, from Return of the Jedi. How much would you mm-hmm. pay for it? Oh, Return of the Jedi? Yeah. What about uh, A New Hope? No, that's Return of the Jedi blaster. Okay. Um, well, this is, it's a super iconic blaster. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is the one that uh, they used on the film. Yes. Uh, well, and you say the one. I'm assuming there were probably multiple, but one okay. of the this ones. This was one. Yes. And is it like in like a... Uh, glass container or anything like that? Is it just I, I believe, here's a blaster? I believe it's it's packaged in some way. It was auctioned off by Planet Hollywood or at an auction at Planet Hollywood. Yeah, it's the Hollywood Legends auction. I'm going to say $100,000. Okay, you're going to need to bump it up. You, okay. are, you aren't even like, you aren't even getting past the first couple of, of bids at that point. Wow. Uh, all right, so let's let's ten uh, x this. Uh, go a million dollars. Okay, well you need to <laughs> you need to bring it down some, yeah. Okay, that's what I think. I was thinking a million would be way too much. So okay, <laughs> um, let's go halfway between five hundred thousand. Need to go up just a little bit. Okay, five hundred fifty thousand. There you go. Wow, that's for a. <laughs> it's a toy. It's a toy. Hansel, but fetches $550,000 in New York. I'm looking at the article now. It's a toy, right? Like, that's it's a toy that you can't play with. Yeah, you can't play with that it. That is essentially what it is. It's with, made of wood. With it's a mainly made of wood. Really good story behind it. Yeah. <laughs> who, bu- who bought it? I don't know. Weapon mostly made of wood has previously spent more than 30 years in possession of film's art director, James Shop. Okay. He put 40 other items up for auction, including an Ewok axe and plans for Jabba the Hutt's ship. <sighs> um, how much do you think the axe went for? The axe? An Ewok axe? I don't know. Um, 75000 Nope. Much, much, much lower. Okay. Uh, 25000 Keep going down. 5000 Go up. Fifteen thousand. Low, lower than. Okay, yeah, lower. Ten thousand. Let's. A little higher than let, that. Let's let's binary search this. Okay, uh, thirteen thousand. Yeah. No, lower than that. Eleven thousand. I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna yeah, eleven thousand two hundred fifty. Okay, the reason I um, went so high is because I see this uh, Imperial Scout Trooper blaster from Return of the Jedi. How much do you think that went for? This we could just guess numbers all night. Ninety thousand six hundred twenty-four dollars. Ninety thousand six hundred twenty-five dollars. I'm so sorry you lose. No, I'm pretty sure it's ninety thousand six hundred twenty-four dollars. My source says ninety thousand six hundred twenty-five. <laughs> that dollar says twenty-four. That dollar is. I'm pretty sure that dollar matters. That dollar matters. Oh, it matters a lot. Um, which which makes me wonder. So if you could have any prop from movie history or cinema history, what would it be? Hmm. 
I mean, this is one of them. Han Solo's blaster would be a pretty cool one. Right. Also, like uh, Malcolm Reynolds, uh, his his gun oh, would be pretty cool. Yep. yep. Um. Oh, jeez. But if I were to pick one out of everything, that, that uh, let me try to not make it a weapon. Um, <laughs> I know it's hard for you. Yeah. You you won't be able to add it to your armory. The DeLorean. Oh, know, like, that's exactly uh, where I was at. Back to the future. Uh, that's exactly where I was at. Yes. <laughs> that is exactly uh, what I was thinking. Because how awesome would it be to actually drive up? <laughs> yeah. And I wanted I mean, to so have it, everything. I wanted to, you know, still yeah. be tricked out like it is in the movie. But so so many people have done that though. No, like, but they, I want the screen used. Like I want the actual yeah. vehicle from the film. I wonder if it actually works. Probably. <laughs> I mean, I would I would think there. Well. They drove it at some point, right? Like, did they? Well, okay, yeah, yeah. They, they, I'm sure they did. Yeah. But I mean, like, I guess. What do you mean by works? Do you mean it actually goes back in time? Because I don't think that functionality. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that definitely works. But you got to get it up to 85 miles per hour. 88 miles an hour. 88. Sorry, 88 miles per hour. And doing that in DeLorean already is incredibly difficult. <laughs> I don't know if they actually go that fast. Um, so, I'm thinking. Um, yeah, like if if the car actually works, then yes, of course you'd be able to go back in time. Right, because then you would just you know they wouldn't sell you a false bill of goods, right? You're buying exactly. a time machine. Exactly. Yeah. All right. So besides the DeLorean, now you gotta like pick okay. one that other than that. What what else would you go with? Okay, so the DeLorean is out. Um, the DeLorean's out. Yep. I'm trying to think. And let's try see. try to not do a weapon either. Like let's let's try to keep this uh so, peaceful. My next thought is a weapon. <laughs> and it's actually well, it's it's a weapon um only if you are a spirit. I would want Oh, you know what? We could do another vehicle. It would be something from the Ghostbusters. So it'd be like, I'll say, like the, the proton the, pack. The uh, proton pack. Or okay. Possibly All right. That's the, the kind of a weapon. The ghost kind of nuts. They're the kind of car they drive. Thing. That'd be fun too. The yeah, the horse or thing. I want the actual marshmallow man. Like the <laughs> one that's the size of a skyscraper. Yeah, that one. Yeah. Okay. Just drop him in the backyard. Yeah. Or Ooh, I mean, the, be cool. the model. It would be pretty cool to have that model. <laughs> I think. Yeah, like I was just thinking, like the model of like uh, the Death Star, the trench run. Ooh. Like if you just had that model. That would be pretty cool. That would be cool. Oh, you could put it uh, under glass and use it as a table. Yeah. Because I mean, you would have to find it would have to function in some way. Because I'm imagining it'd be too big for it to exist on its own. You know. I don't know. I don't you would need you would need a lot of space. I probably. And yeah, so that's that why that's why I'm thinking you would need it would need to do something other than be what it is. Or like the model of the Titanic. You know, mm-hmm. like already like broken a little bit, you yeah. know, that they used in, in the movie. Yeah. That'd be cool. So yeah, I think I think number mm. two for me would be probably a, a or maybe just like a Ghostbuster jumpsuit. I could do that. That would be neat. I could do that. Yeah. Yeah, that that yeah. that's probably where I'm at. What about you? Okay. What's what's number two for oh, you? I think I named I already named a bunch. Well, but you never actually you never I would gave probably anything. do Death Star. Okay. The that one. Yeah. See, I'm I'm, I'm forcing awesome. you to choose. You can't just say yeah. I have a list and it would be one of them. So Death Star model. I mean, it wouldn't it wouldn't fit in my apartment at all. 
but <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's a, it's a conversation piece. Yeah, <laughs> you could just leave it in the hallway, in the lobby. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, <laughs> donate it to the apartment complex. Actually, I don't think there's any place. There's no like common area. I was gonna say you might get uh, uh, some of your rent knocked knocked off a little bit if they could charge people to come look at it. Yeah, seriously. There you go. Yep. Rent out a storage locker and just put it in there and just charge people to come see it. <laughs> it pays for itself and only math, 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 calculator, calculator. Twenty-seven years. Um. Did, we didn't talk about like we buy this. I assumed it was going to be given to me. Right. So no, if it takes twenty seven years for it to pay off for something that's freely given to me. Something is wrong here. No. Well, no one would want to go see your. Uh, you know, no one would want to go see your your possibly um, bootleg Death Star. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm assuming if you if you're trying to. Okay, let's let's go this way. How would you how would you sell that to people? Would you just be like walking down the so, walking down the street, like, handing out flyers, it, like "Come it, see this thing I in have 20, in a storage locker"? So what you're saying is, in 27 years, I've determined the marketing required to get enough people to come see this bootleg version of the Death Star <laughs> that it overpowers the cost. Like it finally goes from uh, uh, my my costs or my my profit exceeds my costs. Um, <laughs> Exactly. For renting out mm-hmm. the storage locker. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> and so I'm finally in the black. Exactly. It, all right. All right. Fair enough. I'll take that. <laughs> 27 years sounds about right. It'd take me a while to come up with a good uh, marketing plan for that. Yeah. I mean, getting it, it's getting people to believe that it's the actual one. Like, you'd, yeah. you'd have to rent out George Lucas as well and have him... Just st- rent, it, rent him out? Rent, yeah, just rent him out. <laughs> be like, look, you're going to stand right here and tell them that it's actually true then maybe you'll get some people to believe it. Yeah. Do you think they have to, do you think that's what this $550,000 pays for <laughs> with the, the blaster is like uh, some of uh, George Lucas's time to stand next to it and say, "Yep, that is the blaster that uh, Han Solo used." I mean, I'm telling you, I would want something more than just the blaster. <laughs> <laughs> it better have one hell of a certificate of authenticity. Yeah, it's got, it definitely has a certificate. That that, that has. <laughs> no, it is kind of wink, wink, nudge, uh, nudge. I promise. What you're not going to believe me? Come on. Do you ever do you ever watch uh, John Oliver's Last Week Tonight? No. Um, I guess Russell Crowe was having a uh, like selling a bunch of his old stuff, and John Oliver ended up buying the jockstrap that Russell Crowe wore during Gladiator. Huh, he's, and, he still had that around, huh? And gave it to the last blockbuster that is still open, and it's somewhere in Alaska. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, I, um, it had a think, certificate. Are they still renting out... Uh, what did you say? It was Gladiator? Yeah, are they still renting out Gladiator, do you think? Do you think they have one copy on reserve? I would just... think after this, they, they have more than one copy. Right, like, you'd, I would, you'd have to. Yeah, yeah. after this, like people are going to want to watch so much more Gladiator and you know other Russell Crowe films, which probably exist. Probably. He, uh, he was more attached to that jockstrap than I have ever been to any of mine. Okay, we'll just <laughs> leave it at that. <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, we can explore this, but I don't want to. So, <laughs> good call. Good call. <laughs> really don't want to think about your attachment to jock straps. Um, there is none. It's very quick. It's yeah, it's Russell Crowe. Oh, He's the one with mm-hmm. the problem. Right. <laughs> okay. 